No fluff. Don't worry about your dick. That's going to come later. No lies. I just masturbated. Just real women. Cock rings. Cock rings. Talking real sex. I am so bruised on my girl bits. Sex gets real. Sex gets so real. So real up in here. With Dawn. What's the most sensitive part of your cock? And Dylan. Let's talk about the elusive clip. Now get ready to get real. Eating pussy. There you have it. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi. It's Dawn. And this is Dylan. This is Sex Gets Real. So real. (laughs) That was not sexy. (laughs) Not sexy. Not sexy. That was amazing. You sounded like a mule. (laughs) (laughs) I needed to sip. Did you know that on October 21st, it was International Fisting Day? I did not know that. Uh Uh-huh. Wasn't that amazing? Did you fist anybody that day? No. What? Where was... I was still in Hawaii. Oh, so you were too hot to be fisting. Yeah. Way fucking hot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you fisted anybody? I have. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I did. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Just seeing your whole hand disappear? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Whoa. It's pretty fucking hot, too. Have you been fisted? I'm not sure if it was like 100% successful. Hmm. Like it was most of the hand? Yeah. Yeah. And if it did happen, it was just once. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it may have happened once. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's tough. It's intense. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. way intense. It's like whoa, it's whoa. Whoa. And when I watch video of like girls who are able to do themselves, uh huh. Like whoa, that's like yeah, it's just like punching your own uterus. Tense acrobatics. Doosh, 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 yeah, doosh. just like that. Yeah, at that orgy that we went to in August, somebody's goal was to get fisted for the first time. And at some point while I was getting fucked, I heard, I just got fisted! Oh my god. So somebody got fisted that night while oh, we were shit. at that party, which is amazing. But wow. Yeah. But yeah, so happy wow. International Fisting Day. It was October 21st. Okay. I hope people tried some fisting. Put that on my calendar. Lots yeah. of lube. Lots of lube is required. And, like, reapply a lot. Yeah, and relaxation techniques. Yeah, have orgasms beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's oh, God. Important. I wouldn't be able to go anywhere near it if she had an orgasm beforehand. Uh-huh. Because she clamps down. Oh. Uh-huh. But after then, the, like, after she recovers after from that. After you have to relax, yeah. Right, and then mm-hmm. you start, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was also Asexual Awareness <clears throat> Week last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went to a talk all about asexuality at Sex Down South. Okay. It was amazing. And that's asexuality, sex with yourself? No, asexuality means you don't experience sexual attraction to others. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you look at people and you don't feel sexually mm. attracted to them at all. Mm. And there's, of course, different levels. There's like yeah. gray asexuality, which is... Like, sometimes you experience it. Demisexuality is you only experience sexual attraction if there's an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. But asexuality is just a lack of sexual attraction. attraction. And there was this amazing quote that the presenter included. And it's from this website called Asexuality Archive. Okay. I'll link to it in our website. But the quote I thought captured perfectly what it must be like to be asexual. Okay. Okay. So here's the quote. She stops and looks me over. She focuses on the area that was just uncovered. There's a look in her eyes. Hunger, maybe? She wants it. I look her over. It feels like an in-person anatomy lesson. All the parts I've heard about are there, and I run over them in my mind. Her breasts, her legs, her pubic hair, the little hint of labia. But the most fascinating thing is that look in her eyes. What is that look? What is she feeling? So it's an asexual person seeing someone look at them with sexual hunger and Mm -hmm. having no idea what that means. Mm, Interesting. They have no idea what that look is, why someone is looking at them that way. They just have no concept for it because they don't Mm. feel it themselves. Interesting. And uh, it was such a fascinating talk. Like, you know, asexual folks can choose to have sex. They can choose to masturbate. 
They can do all those things. If they're in a relationship with someone, they'll choose to have sex. But they don't have that urge to have sex. They don't have that, like, oh my god, you are so hot, I want to tear your clothes off. Mm -hmm. It's, I feel like being physically close to you. Or, I know sex is important to you, so let's have the sex. Mm. But it's never, like, something that they crave themselves. Interesting. Yeah, so it was Asexual Awareness Week last week. And I posted the slides from this talk on my Twitter, so I'll link to it on our website on Sex Gets Real, so everybody can check it out if you want to, because it's really, really, really fascinating, all the stuff that she put in these slides. I think that this person uses female pronouns, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just like super interesting. So holla to all of the asexuals out there. Holla. Yeah, because there's actually a lot more asexual people in the world than most people think. I can't. I just can't. You can't think about it? No. You can't imagine it? I can't. You just are like, I like being a horny motherfucker? I like to look at people and feel lusty. Yeah. I like to look at them with hunger. Mm. I don't want to put their breast in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to hold it and and touch and them touch and, and, and the naked and the nakedness and the nakedness and, and just be all yeah mm, hungry for oh, sex you just want all the sex i want all the sex yeah but only sometimes yeah <laughs> not all the time exactly that's so I, I don't know i mean i think i can i can get it i can get it yeah but yeah cool i um, know i guess that's just you know i mean it's um being aware of that mm-hmm. i think is good yeah. You know, and being okay with the fact that you know that, you know, and not feeling like there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. or, you know, right. that you, you sit with it and you're like, that's, that's me. Uh-huh. I'm asexual. Uh, yeah. I don't get that desire and right. longing or whatever. You can still have sex if you, you want to. But you can still have sex. Yeah. Because it's a choice. I would think that if you don't hunger that... That you might not ever feel the need to self-gratify. Yeah. Some people do it just because um, it feels good or because it offers a release, but it doesn't have that same urgency behind Mm. it, I don't think. Yeah. So they wouldn't be stimulated if they watched porn? No. Actually, the presenter was talking about how when they watch porn, oftentimes... They will notice all of these things that are going on that don't involve the sex and that they kind of are like, like, um, they were talking about how they were watching this porn movie that a friend was like raving about. And so they put the porn on and they were watching it and they were like, did you notice the books that were in the background? They were in alphabetical order. And they were just like noticing the books on the shelves. They were noticing what kind of shoes they had on. And the sex was not part of wow. what was drawing them in to watch. And mm. I thought that was really interesting. Funny. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, like, I've certainly done that with mm-hmm. porn because the type of sex doesn't turn mm-hmm. me on. So I notice right. other things. But to go through the world that way. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I do always... I do notice at times that there's some obscure things about porn, like... Why is that guy still wearing white socks with his tennis shoes? I know, right? You know, like, why is everything off but his shoes and socks? Yeah. Like, shit like that. Yeah. You know, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Porn. I mean, I understand it's a small set and you're kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have fluffers on the side, but seriously, <laughs> can you take off the white socks? Let's at least take the socks off. Yeah. Um, but oh. yeah. Okay. I know. So, um, anyway. Okay, so we've got some listener emails that we're going to get to, and we have a couple of questions and a couple of stories. So I'm going to read a story called The Price is Right Girl. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so Joe (laughs) writes in, Don and Dylan, I listen to you ladies on Stitcher every week. My girlfriend and I DVR and watch The Price is Right every night when we come home from work. When we watch it together, there's a certain Price is Right girl... That when she's shown, my girlfriend does this little mischievous giggle. Mm -hmm. After a few months of doing this, I finally asked her why she always giggles when this certain girl is shown. After having some really hot sex one night, she tells me, 
I ate that girl out in a foursome in college. Oh my God. <laughs> She's a model. And my girlfriend is an ex-model in Southern California. So it is possible. But now I watch The Price is Right very differently. Oh my God. And she still giggles. That's hilarious. <laughs> Know. You know everyone's going to go watch Prices. Oh, totally. And try and guess who it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. It's going to be the hot girl. Yeah. Which hot girl? Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. Awesome. Great story. I know. I think that's really cute. Everybody eats pussy in college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it seems to be a theme, especially among our oh, listeners. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Like, some of our listeners are having orgies in high school, and I'm like, damn, I I didn't do something right. That's okay. During my high school, during my what would have been college years, I was still having way many sex escapades. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our listener Lori wrote in, soap and cock in the shower. Mm. Don and Dylan on an everybody is drunk and back from the bars night. I was invited to take a shower with my roommate and her cute boyfriend. Interesting. It was his 21st birthday. Caution to all the girls out there. Oh, if you're going to give a double blowjob in the shower, make sure the shower is, is not spraying down <laughs> off the guy's shoulders or chest. A soapy Irish spring dick is not fun to suck. My mom used to tell me all the time when I cursed, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> Maybe I should call her and tell her that it actually finally happened. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Adore your show, Lori. Oh my god. I know. So Lori gave a double blowjob and the water was spraying all over in her face and it was oh a soapy god. Irish spring cock. Yucky. I know. You gotta rinse it off. I like getting us both super soapy. Yeah. And then like we rub each other and we're like yeah. sliding our skin and that feels really good. Mm-hmm. But then like you rinse off before the mouths yeah. go the places. Totally. Yeah. Clean that shit. I mean, I understand. Get it all cleaned up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I didn't trim my pubic hair the last <laughs> time I went to see Alex. Okay. Because I just oh was God. like, I don't want to. Yeah. And so oh. I just kind of like shaved the sides down, but I just left it like super long and soft and muffy. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Did he yeah. like it? He didn't say anything. He oh, doesn't care. See? He yeah, because it's my body, you know. Guys don't care. I no. mean, well, some do. Yeah. I think some guys think that they do. But they just you know, haven't like. They just haven't experienced it right. the other way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you give it some time and let me get the poof on and see what yeah. you think? You know what I mean? My, well, give I it don't, a minute. I mean, everybody's is different, but like mine gets silky soft. Yeah. And the shit is like, you it know. It does get really long, but it's silky soft. The thing is, you can just fucking cut it off if you don't like it. You right. know what I mean? Like zip mm-hmm. it down, try it. Well, and I think we're taught that vulvas smell bad. Yeah. And so, so many people are afraid of any smell at all that it yeah. must be bad. And the thing is, if you have pubic hair, it actually makes your scent stronger. Uh-huh. But if you have somebody who gets really turned on by mm-hmm. your pheromones and your scent, then yeah. actually having pubic hair makes it a much richer experience right. for them. Right. You know, I have a friend whose partner said that he loves it when she's not shaved because he gets so much more of that, like, really feminine, mm-hmm. musky aroma from right. her. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the reason that we shave is this fear of smelling bad, mm-hmm. but it's also because we've been trained any smell is bad right. down there, you know? And so like, what else? Yeah. I like stroking my hair. It feels good. I like the smell I tug of pussy. On it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's good. It's pussy it's smell. Yummy. It's pussy smell. Right. Delicious. I know. So, Lori, we're sorry that the cock was soapy because that sounds really gross. But no. go you on having some fun. Yeah. Next time, just Dang. rinse it off. How exciting. I know, right? People have all these awesome escapades. Love it. I think that the... Remember the circle jerk one that I read you about the dad walking in? Yes. I think that was lost on the episode we recorded. Mm. Should I read that now? Yes, that was about the soccer players. Volleyball. We're still trying to salvage what we lost. So if you've heard this already, oh well. (laughs) So Cadence wrote in. Oh, that's right, because I got her name wrong. Remember, I was calling her Candace the whole time. Oh, right, right, right. And I was like, damn it, her name's Cadence. Okay, so hopefully Cadence, you didn't hear that bad version. Okay, so Cadence (laughs) wrote in, and it says, playing doctor and HBO's real sex. 
Dawn and Dylan, I'm trying to get caught up on all of your episodes. I really enjoyed the episode where you discussed playing doctor as kids. I had a funny doctor experience when I was in a hotel room with four of my volleyball teammates. We were traveling for a competition out of the state in Dallas, and I had to share a room with three other girls. My dad was our chaperone in the adjoining hotel room, so he could walk into our room at any time because we had to keep the door unlocked. For some reason... And we know why, because that's what you do when you're a teenager. But for some reason, we all started watching Real Sex on HBO. Mm -hmm. On the show, there was a group of women all sitting around fingering each other. We thought it looked fun, so we all took off our clothes and began doing it ourselves. It was really late, and one of my teammates was a little louder than the other three. She was really into it and wasn't shy about being vocal. After about 20 minutes of all this fun, my dad walks in on us and just froze. We were all naked, on one bed, in a circle, with our hands on each other's cookies. My dad just said, you girls need to go to bed. Big day tomorrow. And then he closed the door quickly. I was so embarrassed. It wasn't anyone else's dad that saw us all. Oh my god. A few days later, my dad and I were at a restaurant, and he asked me if I wanted to talk about it. And I said, no. My dad (laughs) never brought it up, but he never chaperoned again on any of my volleyball trips. (laughs) I don't think he even told my mom... So I was really happy about that. I have a cool, awesome dad. Had the same scenario happened in college. Oh, I had the same scenario happen in college, but no one walked in on us. That was with four girls and one very lucky, cute guy. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. And, like, you know, banner on the dad for not freaking out. Totally. Super important. And, yeah, I mean, like, I... For my 15th birthday party, I think, we ordered porn all night. Oh my god, where were you? At my mom's house. And we did that, like, six ninety five overnight porn thing that you could order from the cable company. Um, and I thought my mom would never find out. Oh my god, but I was just going to say she's going to get the bill. Well, I didn't think about that, because oh I was 15. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And so me and all my friends watched hours of porn and then fell asleep. Oh my and god. then... Yeah, my mom, a few weeks later, comes down the hallway, and she's like, what is this? Oh, And I'm like, snap. what? And she goes, the six ninety five charge on the monthly cable bill? And I was like, uh... Um, some of my friends wanted to order that when we had oh that sleepover, and she was like, please tell me your sister didn't watch. And I was like, no, she totally didn't, even though she totally did. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she was 12. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, you're curious oh at that age, and yes, and you, I could just see like huge dish plate eyes, just like uh-huh. watching porn. Like, well, and I distinctly remember that after about an hour or two, my friends all got really bored, and oh I god. wanted to keep watching it. Oh my god! And we ended up turning it off because my friends were bored. Uh-huh. You know, we were all yeah. sleeping in the living room together. Yeah. But I remember just being like fascinated and wanting more. Yeah, I remember going over to my friend's house in Colorado, and gosh, I must have been in third or fourth grade. Why is everything bad happening in Colorado? Because right? <laughs> that's where I got, got busted playing doctor. But. We'd go to her house because she knew her dad had a stash of penthouse. Oh. And we'd go over when nobody was home and look at her dad's magazines. (laughs) My God, we felt so naughty. (laughs) (sighs) I have no idea, like, what was going on. I was like, oh, my God, look at these. And I was just like, I was like hooked. I was this little perv. Yeah. Yeah. It was I found this list. That my friend Erica and I made uh-huh. when we were sophomores in high school. Uh-huh. And it was all of these sex acts that uh-huh. we came up with. Uh-huh. And I found the list a couple of months ago. Uh-huh. And so I will bring it in for us to read on the podcast because, frankly, I'm really shocked at what our 15-year-old minds came up with. Oh, my God. Like, reading the list, I was like, holy fuck. I didn't even know what these things were, and we were and just putting were just... them on the list because I'd heard about them. Is this the stuff that you wanted to do? It was like ways to keep a boy or something like that. Oh my like that. god, that's hilarious. And it was like it's like 50 
sexy holy cow and like some of them are really explicit and uh, so yeah i found this list we had typed it up 15 yeah so fyi people you need to know yeah thinking this i know well that's why sex should start when you're you know in kindergarten yeah you know so that you're at least able to have these conversations but yeah i mean of course kids are getting into this kind of stuff. You right. know, they see sexy stuff all the time. All magazines oh, are covered God, yeah. with sexualized images. Totally. And, yeah. Sex violence. <sighs> sex bug Just violence. Like sex everywhere. Drugs. All of it. All right. We got an email from our listener, Stacy, who wanted to let us know the science behind why foot play is so sexual. Hmm. Are you ready? The science? Uh-huh. Okay, well, I hope you have an answer. Oh, it's not a question. She's just sharing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll just read it. Okay. Hey, Dawn and Dylan. First, I enjoy your show very much. It's just the right mix of sexual entertainment and education. It's gotten me through many a four-hour trip to my state capital where I'm involved in getting money out of our national politics. So thanks for keeping me sane on the road. Right. Recently, Dylan told a great story about having her feet sucked and how she couldn't understand why it felt so good. I was reading Dr. Norman Doji's book, The Brain That Changes Itself, which is a book about neuroplasticity, when I stumbled across the answer. Okay. Doctors studied the brain activity of amputees who had phantom limbs and discovered that the part of the brain where the lost limbs, sensory input, and motor control were processed had been repurposed to be used by an adjacent part of the brain. Mm. In the cases of amputated arms or hands, the adjacent neuromap is in the face. So an amputee who has suffered for years with an itch in his phantom arm was able to finally scratch it when it was discovered that the itch sensation was really a miscommunication due to his remapped brain. The itch had been in his cheek all along. But because some of his cheek senses had been remapped into the unused arm space, his brain told him that his phantom arm itched. Mm. Guess what part of the body can get remapped into unused foot and leg space? The genitals. Oh, damn. In fact, some male amputees report having larger orgasms after the loss of a foot or a leg and say that the sensations of sex are felt in their missing limbs. Interesting. This remapping works because neurons that fire together wire together. So in the case of arms, hands, and faces, consider how often your facial expression matches what your hands are doing. Mm. In the case of sexual arousal, what happens to your toes when you come? They curl up. That's partially because the area of your brain that maps toe sensation is adjacent to the area of the brain that maps genital activity. Mm. You come, your toes curl up. Neurons that fire together wire together. Furthermore, feet are the same as hands as far as nerve endings go, but instead of using them to sense the world underfoot, we put shoes on and rob our feet of much sensory input. So when someone puts your foot in their mouth, you're experiencing a very underutilized sensory organ whose sensory inputs are stored and processed right next to the part of your brain which stores and processes input from your junk. Sorry for the length of this email, but I thought you two would find this information useful. Keep up the awesome work, Stacey. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so... That's I w- interesting. I know, I'd have to do more research into all of that and just to see how it works. But I think that it's an interesting theory and i think that it's really interesting i I think that it's really interesting that neuroplasticity and the way our brain brain Mm -hmm. rewires itself uh i've been doing a lot of research recently on trauma and -hmm. like how to overcome trauma specifically sexual trauma because that's a space that professionally i really want to move into more and our bodies keep trauma stored in it so mm-hmm. well after the yeah. event, we still experience the symptoms of trauma totally. in our body because of what's going on in our brains. And so I've been doing a lot of reading on how to rewire experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I have totally can see how toes... I mean, because I remember when I had that one lover who slid my toes into his mouth, it felt like my pussy was like just tingling interesting you know it was like this it does feel good yeah it was so so, bizarre it's like nothing it's like nothing else i agree it is really like nothing else and and unless you're willing to try i mean like you can't be like super ticklish and i mean even i guess even being ticklish helps Uh helps the sensation even a little bit more but you know there's you work up with the foot massage and whatnot, and you get to 
that point, and it is just like so mind blown. Mm-hmm. Once a toe or whatever enters into a wet mouth, yeah. and you're just like, "What is going on right now?" Like I did not think that I was gonna like it. It was like ew, gross, mm-hmm. or whatever. But right. it was like, what? holy hell, what? And I just like I wanted to do it back. I'm like, you have to feel this. Yeah. This is like crazy. My ex footed somebody's pussy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, my ex said they were playing around one night. And just like foot And someone. like they were naked and like they were facing each other and their legs were kind of intertwined and they started moving their toes, which was like against this person's pussy. Mm-hmm. And it started getting really kind of worked up and I guess... They just kind of, like, scoot closer together, and then their toes were inside of their pussy. Oh, my God. And they, like, foot-fucked her. Wow. I know. That's, like, fisting, but footing. And they were like, yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. wonder what that would feel like. Uh-huh. On your toes. Oh. You know, like, all yeah. warm and wet. Warm and wet. And it definitely um, doesn't have the dexterity of a tongue. Right. You know, like, the tongue can trace the toes mm-hmm. and between them and stuff. So I don't think it would be as sexy. But... Yeah, it would feel different. <laughs> Full. Yeah, like putting your foot into a yeah. warm apple pie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> oh man. Okay. So we got this email from our listener named Dave. It's very short, but he's asking for help. Okay. And it's a little bit of a medically question, mm. so we will dig into it. Dave says, my wife had a full hysterectomy about four years ago and has no sex drive since. Oh, no. She isn't getting any help from her doctor. Full means like the eggs, everything's gone. Right. Mm. And what can we do to get her sex drive back? So the first thing that I just want to tell Dave is it is really, really common for doctors to tell women or anybody who has uh, ovaries and a uterus and vulva, it is really common for doctors to tell people before a hysterectomy and after that a hysterectomy isn't going to impact sex. In their heads, you still have a clit, you still have a vagina hole, so of course it's not going to impact sex. Mm. Now, unfortunately, so there's, there's so many reasons for this, but I mean, gynecologists don't have to get sex education in medical school. Mm -hmm. It's an elective. Mm -hmm. If they choose to do the elective, it's only eight hours. I have hundreds of hours on sex education, and I'm still nowhere near knowing everything Mm -hmm. I want to know. So we have people who are giving medical advice of a sexual nature who have zero knowledge when it comes to sex. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's so much more going on when a hysterectomy happens and a lot of doctors don't know that that stuff is happening or could potentially Mm -hmm. happen. Um, there's this book, I'm going to recommend it Dave to you and your wife. It's called women's anatomy of arousal. I'll link to that on our website. Sex gets real. It's by Sherry Winston. Sherry Winston has been a nurse for about 20 years. Um, she's worked exclusively with women around sex, um, hysterectomies, pregnancies, birth, all this kind of stuff. And she has some really fascinating information about actually what happens to a person's body when they have a hysterectomy and why that impacts sex. Mm. So two different things actually can happen as a result of any kind of trauma to the genitals or major surgery. So when it comes to a full hysterectomy, Two different things are at play. One, there's your sex drive, which can take a total nosedive. Mm-hmm. Two, sexual pleasure can actually change. Mm. The way sex feels, the types of orgasms you have can completely change. And nobody tells you this going into having the hysterectomy. And then, of course, doctors tell you, just get over it. It's all in your head. All this kind of stuff. And then you feel totally broken and like mm-hmm. something's wrong with you. And you're not. It truly is There is shit going on under the covers. So the first thing I want to do is you have had a partial hysterectomy, right? No. Or you just had your uterus... Ablaze. Ablaze. So it's all still in there. So everything is still in there. You just don't have your periods anymore. Correct. Right. 
Did you experience any changes as a result of that? I did not. Uh-uh. That's good. I'm still a super freak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anything's going to mm-hmm. change that. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing changed. My hormones didn't change because um, I still had my eggs and... Um, the uterus is still there. I still have the horrible cramps, but I don't have the, the actual period. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and there was no changes to sensation. I don't think so. No, definitely not. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on. When you have a, a hysterectomy, a lot of what gets overlooked by the medical community is that, I'm going to talk about folks who have vaginas and I'm just for the sake of today going to use female pronouns. So for anybody who's trans or genderqueer, like, forgive me, but we have this really complex network of nerve endings, erectile tissue and muscular uh, anatomy that goes through our pelvic region. So we have these big sheets of muscles. Mm-hmm. We have our pelvic floor muscles. We have our um, PC muscles. We have all these different muscles that are kind of holding everything in place, connecting our tailbone around to the front, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then we've got, you know, this vast network of capillaries and veins that are running through everything. It's a really, really beautiful system. When you remove a uterus and fallopian tubes and ovaries and things like that. Sherry Winston talked about how that actually shifts some of the musculature that's inside of your body. So part of what happens when you have a uterus and a vaginal canal is when you get aroused, your uterus actually lifts up and back and that extends the length of your vaginal canal and it helps it to swell so that you can accommodate things like a penis or a toy. It also helps during the birthing process um, because the birthing process actually mirrors sexual arousal in a lot of ways. Your uterus actually moves during the sexual arousal process. If you don't have a uterus anymore, that changes. This entire organ is gone. So that whole muscle structure has changed. Of course, that's going to impact the way that you experience sex. A lot of people after a hysterectomy experience either a surge in their libido or a total drop in their libido. Um, And the way sex feels can be different. So let's take another look at what happens. Some people love having orgasms from clit stimulation, right? Mm -hmm. Other people really love having their cervixes pounded, Mm -hmm. love having like really deep, hard sex, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're getting that kind of, and that for different people causes different types of orgasms. If you're the type of person who really likes having your cervix touched and stimulated and Mm -hmm. that gets you off, if you have a full hysterectomy, that completely changes that experience. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, they stop having those orgasms, Mm. which can be really disconcerting. It can Mm -hmm. feel really isolating and lonely. And why am I not having these orgasms I've had my whole life? Mm -hmm. And so it's this whole shift in the relationship that you have with your body. There's probably a lot of different things going on. Um, Another thing that can happen is during sex and during arousal, a lot of folks experience contractions in their uterus, Mm. um, both as part of the orgasm leading up to the orgasm. If you don't have a uterus anymore and you don't have those contractions, it might not feel like anything's Mm -hmm. going on. So, I mean, it's the list of things that change as a result of a full hysterectomy is huge. And unfortunately, our medical community really doesn't understand the ties to Mm -hmm. our sexual health. And unfortunately, too many people find out too late that this can actually have dramatic effect on the type of sex that you're experiencing. So there's two different things that I want to recommend to Dave and his wife and anybody else out there who might be struggling with this. The first is if your libido has totally freaking tanked because of the hormonal changes, uh, some people do go on testosterone mm-hmm. that can elevate your sexual libido and your sexual desire and, um, 
it can contribute to wanting to have sex more, but there are side effects with testosterone. So side effects with testosterone. Is it testosterone women would take or progesterone? It's actual testosterone in these cases. Mm. Yeah. So they will prescribe testosterone. They do sublingual lozenges. They can put it into compounds of capsules. They have topical and vaginal creams that they can do. Um, And it's a bioidentical testosterone replacement therapy. But that can cause lower voice. It can cause extra body hair. Mm. Sometimes it has side effects that people aren't interested in having. Mm. Um, You can explore what a sexual libido means to you in this new body. I would also recommend checking out Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which talks about sexual libido and all of the things that impact it. If your wife is feeling bad about her body, if your wife is feeling like something is missing, if she's feeling stressed or ashamed because things don't feel the same way, that can all kill your libido, mm-hmm. you know, because you're stressed out, you're not feeling good, you're not feeling connected. So the other thing I would recommend is encourage your wife, Dave, and anybody else who's listening to do some rituals that get her reconnected with her body. It might feel totally different now when she's touching herself than when it did before the hysterectomy. Being penetrated might feel totally different. And we have this tendency to frame different as bad or wrong. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't feel like it used to. There must be something wrong. And instead, what we need to do is we need to say, it's different. What does this mean now? Mm -hmm. And create a new story. Sex is going to feel different now. Okay, so how do we make the best out of this? Maybe I didn't like clit stimulation as much before, but maybe now I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I didn't like really big things inside of me, but now that I do. Maybe anal becomes part of it. So it has to be this really open, curious, supportive environment where you get to relearn your body. Orgasms might feel different. Maybe she starts learning how to have breath orgasms. Mm. Maybe she learns how to orgasm from her, uh, from anal play. Maybe, you know, it's all, there's lots Mm -hmm. of different options, but that curiosity has to be there, there and that patience and also that willingness to rewrite what sex means. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest part for people is you know, for 50 years, this is what sex meant to me. And now I don't have that anymore. And that can feel really isolating and it can feel scary because now nothing is the same. Mm -hmm. But if there's a way to look at it as an opportunity, um, you know, for doing new things and trying new positions and trying new toys, Mm -hmm. you know, get really creative with toys, give her permission to go on this adventure and create the space for her to see what happens. I think that'll help a lot. But as far as the libido goes, finding a sex positive therapist Mm -hmm. is probably a really great idea. Um, Working with a sexually informed medical team is going to be really hard to find. But if you can find uh, a women's health center that's staffed with a lot of midwives and doulas, they're going to have more information than your average gynecologist. Yeah. So, you know, getting in touch with some medical professionals who might know of um, stimulant creams or, you know, some type of testosterone hormone therapy or uh, some people recommend herbal remedies, but I don't know that those have a whole lot of medical studies behind them. Mm -hmm. I found something that said there are a couple of herbal remedies that have been tested in clinical studies and they've shown positive side effects on sexual arousal. So, you know, that might be something to discuss with like a midwife um, or a nurse and just kind of see what goes from there. But I would say be patient and also give her permission to redefine her body and redefine sex. And, you know, that can be scary for a spouse because what if Dave's wife goes on this journey to rediscover sex and realizes that she doesn't like penetrative sex anymore? If that was Dave's favorite thing to do, that can be really threatening as a partner to feel like, holy crap, this thing I love is is not going to be there anymore. So, you know, it might really be a rediscovering for both of you. You know, maybe it means you get a flashlight or maybe it means you only do penetrative sex once out of every 10 times. Mm -hmm. And all the other times you do these new things that she loves, you know, so it's, it's going to be something that takes time and it's probably going to bring up a lot of shame and frustration for both of you. But I just want to really make it clear to our listeners, this is not uncommon. Having a full hysterectomy can have 
really drastic um, implications for your sexual experience and your sexual pleasure. And unfortunately, our medical community doesn't know that. Does not. They do not know that and mm-hmm. um, won't communicate that to you when you're having these conversations around hysterectomies. So The medical community fails a lot in the emotional part absolutely. of treatment. Absolutely. And like, here, I'm here to take care of your cancer, take it out, whatever, but I can't help you with the emotional part mm-hmm. that you're left with. Right. Any of that. Yeah, and I mean, a full hysterectomy is a pretty major trauma. It is. And a lot of women feel like they're not whole yep. or they're not woman right. anymore. And that's a huge, it's a huge thing to overcome and work it through. Is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh-huh. I do too. Mm-hmm. So Dave, I'll have uh, links to those two books up on our website. You can go to sexgetsreal.com. The two books again are Women's Anatomy of Arousal by Sherry Winston and Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. If you have any other questions that are specific to your situation, please reach back out to us. I'm happy to uh, lend whatever resources I can to, to help you out and connect. But um, good luck with that. And yeah. if any of our listeners have experienced a full hysterectomy and similar issues that they've worked through or they just want to kind of share a story of solidarity please go to sexgetsreal.com and write in to us we'd be happy to share your story so that dave and his wife can can just feel less alone right on i know so thank you so much for that dave we appreciate that that was a a serious question serious but a really important question sometimes we get serious sometimes 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 we talk about but sex. <laughs> and sometimes we get serious. Okay, well, I have something kind of funny. Okay. So this study just came out. Now, the study was only of 115, 105 men. Um, it was out of the University small. of Texas. So it's a small study. Okay. Um, so they, they acknowledge that in the article, that it's a small sample size, so it's definitely not conclusive, but uh-huh. it's kind of depressing. Is and what it's they only say. in Texas? It, uh, it went, it, researchers at the University of Buffalo, California Lutheran, and University of Texas at Austin published this study. Okay. Um, in the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin. Okay. And it says... They may have confirmed a fact that we've long dreaded. Okay. Basically, they took 105 guys and they gave them two different scenarios. In the first scenario, a woman either outperformed or underperformed them in a math or an English course. And then they were inst- and then instructed the men to imagine this woman as a romantic partner. Okay? So they're okay. told like, okay, there's this woman and she just did better than you in this English class. Now imagine that she's your romantic partner. So in those cases, men more frequently gave the woman who bested them the higher ranking. So in this fantasy land, if they say, okay, you have this woman over here who did worse than you. And you have this woman over here who did better than you. Imagine they're your romantic partner. They were ranking the, the women who did better higher in the fantasy world. Okay. Then, in the second scenario, men were given an intelligence test and then told that they were about to meet a woman in real life who had done better than them on the test. Okay. When the men who were presented with this proposal met the woman, they distanced themselves from her, tended to rate her as less attractive, and showed less desire to exchange contact information or even plan a date with her. And according to the findings, this revealed that men felt threatened when faced with an in-real-life interaction with a more intelligent woman. So basically, the headline is, men love smart women until they actually have to talk to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is really sad. Sad. (laughs) So they like the thought of a smart woman. Yeah. But in in real life, they were like, oh, she's not that sexy. She's not that whatever, if they thought she did better. Wow. Um, than them on an intelligence test. So men don't ever like to feel stupid. Well, and I think it's because of this masculinity myth. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. men are supposed to take care of everybody. Right. Men are supposed to be the providers. Men are supposed to be leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, men are supposed to want sex all of the time. And like, mm-hmm. 
of course those are damaging to women, but they're just as damaging to men. Yeah. You know, because then every single thing is perceived as a threat to your value. Right. You know, so of course these guys see this woman who's more intelligent than them. And because it's tied to these like deeply ingrained beliefs we have about what makes a real man. Right. They feel threatened. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's so sad, but also not super surprising. Yeah. Not surprising. (laughs) Totally not surprising. Yeah. Not at all. At no point would I say, oh my God, I don't believe that. No. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Did you hear about Walmart accidentally putting gun oil on their gun shelves? No. Do you know what gun oil is? No, what is gun oil? Gun oil is a gay lube. And Target (laughs) or Walmart. Why does Walmart even have gun oil? Walmart accidentally stocked their gun counter with copious amounts of gun oil somebody must have ordered gun oil for walmart by mistake do they sell gay men's lube i don't know it was in alabama and it says oh my god was there a picture it says when an alabama walmart was buying stock for their gun counter oh god they might want to do a little bit more than just read the outer label. Because oh then they, a man filmed a video that's gone viral. There's a video oh, of guns paired with gun oil lube. That's hilarious. And when you pick up the bottle, it says gun oil H2O, water-based lubricant. Oh my God, that's for hilarious. For your gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Did that... you hear about the woman in the Walmart? No. And the sausages? What? No. No. I wonder if it was like for real or I thought it was on Huffington Post, but it was a woman. <laughs> she took the Bob Evans sausage, the big one, uh-huh. <laughs> took it into the bathroom. No. Yeah. Where did she stick it? In the veg. Oh. In the veg. Oh my God. So I guess the security guy was like, <clears throat> he saw her go in there with them and he thought she was just trying to shoplift them or something. So he sent a female security in, and she opened the door, and the girl was, like, straight up jamming sausage up her vagina, and, like, whoop, picking a blanket, and she was like, uh-uh, and she's, and the security officer said that at no time did the lady even try to stop. She was busy getting it. Wow. Getting it. So she wasn't trying to steal it. She was fucking it. She was fucking it. She well, wasn't trying to steal it. You, she was going in and out, in and out, in and out. When you need sex. You go to the Walmart bathroom and you take care of yourself. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> like, why don't you just go get a dildo? I know. I mean, they're expensive. I mean, mind you, they are. They are a hell of a lot more than a fucking Bob Evans sausage. I don't know if she needed the girth or the length or what, but can, you know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? They're like sold in the well, big old all, round. All I'm thinking is like how many people touched it? I hope she washed it first. No, because it comes prepackaged. Did she take the sleeve she, off? Yeah, she took it out of the package. So she has spicy vagina. Yeah, she had like jam that fucking like meat flavored fucking sausage all up in her vagina. Like That's got a burn. I've gotten hot I don't think sauce it's spicy. in my vagina. It's not spicy. Well, sausage usually has pepper and stuff. <laughs> Not like, not like spicy, spicy. You don't think? No, I'm thinking about the, what back in the day when I ate meat. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking? It comes in an oval like this. Yeah. And it's and just it's like, one big tubular right. long thing. Like a U-shaped guy. Yeah. Yeah. And she fucking got open the package and she was just shoving that bad boy up in there, like having a good old time. And she wasn't even trying to stop. Wow. Fucking, she was like, hold up, hold up, I'm almost done. Oh my, you know what? When you need it, you need it. You need that you shit. You need that. She needed to be fucked by that I sausage. really think every person should keep a vibrator oh in their God. car. That's what I'm saying. There are other ways mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Oh and God. like, here's the thing, But I mean, people. like, the thing is, why didn't you just buy it and take it home? Yeah. And do it. I agree. Like, buy it and then violate it. I mean, I've done that with produce. If you want to, yeah, do, you know. Seriously. But, just, like, here's the thing. Do whatever you need to do. I mean, her fucking mug shot is out. I know. Yeah. But just be a little bit smart <laughs> just, about it. You see it? It's horrible. No. It's horrible. But, like, don't steal stuff. Yeah. And don't 
do things where people can see you that they might not want to see it. They don't want to see that. Don't, yeah, don't, no. Oh my god. I just like sausage in my hoo-ha. I just, yeah, I mean, if I was that security guard, I'm like, I would be scarred for life for (laughs) never even, ever eating sausage ever again. Any kind of sausage. Oh god. No. That makes me really happy. Yeah, and it's really disturbing. Yeah. Go check it out after the show. Yeah. I don't think you want to, though. No. That's amazing. No. Well, and, like, I totally get it if you're just, like, maybe she just got off the phone with her boyfriend and she was so worked up that she was like, I need something inside me right now. No, you need to see the but picture I, of this lady. <laughs> I agree that you don't just steal the sausage and then fuck yourself in the back. You shouldn't yeah. steal people. We're just, here's our public safety message. Don't steal and put sausages in your vagina in the Walmart bathroom. Oh, we just got an email back from our special needs dad. Oh, so oh. our special needs episode aired on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it was okay. our it was our emergency whoops episode. Oh, okay. And I reached out to Robin Wilson Beatty, and she was pretty upset by it, um, and felt like it was very triggering, and mm. that there is a lot she wants to share with us on that. Um, you know, some of the arguments that were made on that episode by, by our listener mm-hmm. and, you know, that we talked about was, like, you wouldn't want your autistic child to get pregnant because what if then their child had some type of, yeah. you know, differing ability. And, of course, you know, Robin was like, why is that bad? That's ableism. Mm-hmm. You know, and assuming that somebody that has a mental disability shouldn't even be born. Right. And... So I've reached out to Robin and we're going to have a conversation so that we can weigh back in. But our, our dad just wrote in and, and thanked us for sharing his email and, and, um, talking about it. And um, he said that sometimes the word neurotypical is used in a commentary about the autistic brain versus the normal brain in quotes, because Mm. we're all weird and that's okay. So neurotypical being, you know, Mm -hmm. a word to use instead of normal. Right. um, yeah, I just want to kind of say that Robin did respond to the episode on Twitter and, and said that she had some thoughts. And so we'll be getting back to everybody just with a little bit more about that. Cause I think it's a place where we all can do a lot of learning. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be interviewing a couple of people, which I'm really excited about. You remember Sinclair Sexsmith? Yes. So, Sinclair Sexsmith is going to be on the show. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. Well. They have a training starting in December that's for dominance. (laughs) So, they just had something happen called the Submissive Playground. Okay. And it's a six-week course that teaches people how to be submissives. And they have a new course that's about to start that's all about how to be a dominant. Yeah. Which is really exciting. And so Sinclair is going to come on the show and talk to us about sex and domination and submission and like all those yummy things. And then we're also going to have Corey Silverberg on the show, which I'm excited about because of all the people in all the land that I think are impressive, Corey Silverberg is one of my hugest influences. Ah. Um, And he's written... Um, a book on where babies come from that is specifically, it was written for trans families, Mm -hmm. but the way that he wrote it is for any family, whether you're adopted, trans, genderqueer parents, Mm -hmm. a single parent, whatever it is, the book is written so that all babies feel normal. Um, and then he just released a new book that's called sex is a funny word and it's for like seven to 10 year olds Oh, cool! learning all about sex, consent, their bodies, all this kind of stuff. The book is awesome. Probably the single most impressive book for yeah. children I've ever seen. Cool. Um, so he's agreed to be on the show, and we're going to try and find some dates. So we hope everybody stays tuned, because we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. Right on. Um, so yeah, that'll be really awesome. But if anybody has any stories they want to share, questions they want to ask, they want to weigh in, you want to weigh in on anything you heard today, please go to sexgetsreal.com, where you can shoot us an email. We would love to hear from you. Awesome. And I need to go blow my nose. So this is Dawn. And this is Dylan. And this is Sex Gets Real. (laughs) Bye.